don't be satisfied. People, you know, think there's like this, uh, this ending to what you're trying to do. And I think the fun part is knowing that there never is an ending. It's just that you continue to keep growing and getting better and um, finding new ways to do different things. You are now tuning in to the Roughnecks Podcast with your host, Cole Nixon. I really hope you guys enjoy today's episode. If you do, then be sure to subscribe, rate, and review, then pay a simple cheap fee. All I ask is that you like the episode and then maybe share it with a friend you think would enjoy it as well. Help continue to grow this podcast and share the words of wisdom from all my guests that joined the show with as many people as possible. As always, be sure to grab the bull by the horns and take control of your life. Let's get into this week's episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to yet another episode of the Roughnecks Podcast. Uh, we are into the month of November, getting through the almost pretty much through the middle of November, which is crazy. But last week, you guys got to hear from actually, I changed the order of these episodes. So Monday, you guys got to hear from my high school football head coach. This week, or sorry, Thursday, you'll be hearing from my college head coach college head coach um, I was lucky enough to go on to the next level and play four years of college football at Ohio Wesleyan University but without further ado welcome back to the Roughnecks podcast coach Tom Watts appreciate you having me on here man this is awesome glad to be back yeah second time first time was a long time ago it's kind of crazy to think that that was actually back in 2020 yeah and we're almost to 2022 it was the fifth episode of the roughnecks podcast and it started it was back in october of 2020 so over a year ago now it's uh crazy to think that this podcast has gone that long never thought it was actually going to go this long and that's kudos to you man it's done a nice job with it but as always i like to kick off all my episodes by allowing the guests to give a little background on themselves so tell the roughnecks listeners who coach tom watts is Well, my name is Tom Watts. Um, I just finished and completed my 10th season here at Ohio Wesleyan as the head football coach. I'm an Ohio guy, born and raised. Um, you know, I, I grew up in a coaching family. My dad was a high school football coach for 37 years, along with my grandfather and my great-grandfather. So, um, you know, I grew up around this, this, you know, the greatest game that we do play. And obviously, um, it's been a fun ride. Really enjoy it. Been very fortunate to have great kids like yourself along with uh, a really great staff that, you know, we've been together for a long time now, and these guys have been awesome, you know, over the years, and they've done a really good job. And obviously, this just finished our, obviously, the 10th season, but we just finished on Saturday, week 10. Um, great win on the road. Proud of the team, proud of the senior class. It was awesome to beat those guys. Yeah, I was talking because I was at that Denison game, and I was telling some of those guys, I was like, this is a game that you guys will remember for the rest of your life because, like, I still talk about that game. I know I'm only one year out, but the time we beat them <laughs> – my junior season like that's still something that I talk about to everybody and uh it's definitely a big win I wanted to congratulate you on the eight and two very good season um best season since my junior year I believe so it's nice to especially after having kind of a wacky year my senior year you know not really getting to play and trying to deal with all that but it's nice to finally back at a full season and actually have football 
Yeah. I mean, to have the normalcy back in our lives, I think everybody was craving um, has been awesome. Uh, but to, uh, you know, I think you put those two years together because you really see all the things the guys had to go through, you know, like yourself, obviously playing your final year, kind of in a, a very unique season. Um, and then to see this go back to somewhat of a normal year has been, it's been rewarding, you know, and, and I'm just, I'm really grateful for our players that we have that, they didn't, they never wavered. They never flinched. They just kept going. They kept fighting. And the amount of time that we've practiced with not with the uncertainty of actually playing a game, um, you know, it, that was still in our mind this season, even though it was normal and we never had, we have any issues, you know, the guys did a great job, but it's still kind of like, they left that doubt in your mind. Like, all right, is this, you know, pinch me. Is this for real? Are we still playing? You know what I mean? So yeah. again, it's been a unique time, but the guys had a great year. That was one of the hardest things, too. Like, we lived with that uncertainty my senior year of going from, you know, you spent a whole week of practicing to you might not even get to play this game. You, it all depends on the test and everything that we go through. And it it was, it, like I said, it's just nice to actually see those people back. And it was, you got to have some of my class actually came back and continued and finished out uh, what they started, which I give them kudos. I wish I could have been there. I had different circumstances, but I, I have a high uh, praise for those guys that came back. Some of them have actually even been on this podcast. Yeah. I mean, you know, each individual decision, you know, and like yourself, I mean, everybody's got their own situation. Um, we, we played it like that as far as we treated it like that. We didn't just try to mass sell it. We weren't trying to push any kid either way. You know, some kids kind of made their mind up early on and some kids are trying to figure out, obviously the financial piece is a huge part of it. And, you know, we, we ended up with some good guys that came back that I've added to the senior class that were, that was coming up. Um, and those guys bonded really well together. You know, there was no, Hey, I'm the senior class from before. And this, you know, it's my chance to be the senior class. It was none of that. They just kind of, I think all the stuff that we went through, it didn't really make that a, a factor. You know what I mean? Exactly. I was, yeah. I was happy to play. When you go through that type of adversity to pretty much losing your entire season to maybe having half a season or like whatever it was, it, you grow closer as a group. I didn't even, even notice that my senior year, like we could, even though like we didn't have a true camp, we didn't get to like, bond with our teammates like the freshmen and stuff as much as we were used to it was like going through everything together helped bring us together through like bring us together as a team yeah I mean you know with what we were we were given we we're grateful for right like just it, at that time we'd take anything yeah I can't even imagine just being you know think of yourself as maybe someone that doesn't play sports or not part of an organization and they probably didn't get to know hardly anybody where we least had practice time, we least had lifting times. Um, you know, it wasn't definitely an ideal situation, what we wanted, but you also, we just, we took what we, could, we were given and you guys made the best of it. And, you know, I was proud of you for that. Yeah. So I want to, we'll get into more, some more of the coaching topics, but I wanted to kick off this episode kind of like I did last episode, because I was fortunate enough to have a few great, like many great coaches in my life uh, throughout my sports career, more good than bad, honestly. I mean, I had a couple, we all have those, maybe a couple coaches that we aren't thankful for, but you're one of the coaches for sure, without a doubt that I'm very thankful to have that I had for four years and just the things you're willing to do any, but anything for anybody, we could always knew, we always knew we could come into your office and talk about whatever it is, a job or breakup. It didn't matter. Like you were willing to help us out. So I wanted to start by saying that saying thank you for everything from you know 2017 to 2021 when I was there and even 
now and a little bit before because you guys I remember you and um, coach Ward even coming to one of my basketball games in high school which uh, that was not a good game for us but that's beside the <laughs> point <laughs> it's hard when you're playing the leading scorer in central Ohio who went to Notre Dame but you can hold your own though uh, well, actually, that game, I'm pretty sure I fouled out of, and I had three fouls very quick in the first half. Yeah, but I'll take that. I mean, you're a defensive guy. That's a good thing. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. But I, I really do appreciate everything over the past four years, and still that continues today. I appreciate that. I mean, it's this job, you know, kids like you make this job easy. And you don't look at, you know, I, I've never looked at, our situation at Olu is, is, a, is a tough situation. You know, wake up every morning, you get to see great kids, you get to see guys that are committed to winning, um, but you also get to see guys committed to their future. And I think I, as cliche as that sounds, not every school can make that claim, I think, a lot of ways. And, you know, I'm on the road right now recruiting, and, and I tell kids, like, when I see our seniors, when they become seniors and I see them walk across the stage, I know they're ready to take that next step. And unfortunately, I've been to schools where maybe that's not the case for every kid. Where here, you know, you kind of fit in that mold and you find your way. And there are some guys that I could name that have grown immensely in their four years. Um, and I'm proud of them, you know, and I think that's what makes this job so special. Yeah, that's something about even Ohio Wesleyan, because like you academically grow and through football you grow. And like, like you said, like when they walk across that stage, we may not know exactly what's going to happen. But, you know, like we're prepared, like we all we do get prepared there and for like what's next. And even if we don't know exactly what is next. Yeah, I mean, your competitors, first and foremost, and that's what makes, you know, I think the the easier part or the easier part of the transition. Um, and the school is not a, it's not an easy school. You know, the professors do a good job of challenging the kids. And, you know, and there might be some classes you take. They're like, why am I doing this? But, you know, it, it's helping you be more diverse. It's helping you be more cultured I guess in a lot of ways is, is a good way to put it um but you're more you're more well-rounded because of it 100 percent. you know I think that's been a, obviously an easy thing for us as coaches is we, we're around good kids it makes it makes it a whole lot easier is coaching something that you always knew that you wanted to get into yeah um you know I I always look back and think about is there something else I wanted to do um and I revert back to you know I grew up in the silence with my dad and I always would think at times, especially before I was even in high school, like, you know, how could I have, what would I do if football wasn't in my life? Um, and both my parents were teachers and I could, you know, I, I, I loved education. Um, you know, they, they enjoyed the passion of not only sports, but also the classroom. And, and I did too, but I think just the going on to college and playing myself at Hanover College in Southern Indiana, um, and, and it was a good, they were a good football team. You know, I saw the competitiveness and just, it, it made you different. You know, it made you wake up every day and you better, no matter what day you had the day before, <laughs> you better, you know, turn the page and, and make this the best day you possibly can. Um, so I, I guess more, more than anything, I think I love this profession because every day is a competition. Where you where did you actually start your coaching career? Because you've been a few different places. You've actually been some cool places, I believe. Yeah, so I got an opportunity when I graduated from Hanover College. Um, I went to Waynesburg. Well, at the time it was Waynesburg College, Waynesburg University in southwest Pennsylvania. And the head coach at the time, coached at Hanover at one point, um, his defensive coordinator essentially was my position coach um, for a little while. And my, my actually 
was a, I was an attorney at Hanover was our house Ted too. And he actually came back to Hanover and honestly he was in the fraternity house getting a free meal. <laughs> and we just ran into each other and we started talking and, and he knew I wanted to coach and they had a, they had graduate assistants at Waynesburg. And so I was able to get my master's degree. Um, and and a, it's actually a master's of education and technology. Uh, so it was, they paid for my master's and they gave me some few meals and got to coach football, man. It was awesome. It was, it was, it was a dream come true for me. Yeah. Coaching. And like, that's the thing too. Like everybody you look at everybody that I've talked to a lot of, even every great coach you look at started out, you know, you'd start out doing the grunt work essentially, but that's like, makes you appreciate it more when you get up higher because then you realize like I was there at one point too. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, graduating, you're 22 years old. Um, Waynesburg had a real small staff. So I was actually hired as a defensive line coach. I didn't know a damn thing about defensive line, to be honest with you. I mean, I, you know, I knew defense, obviously being around my dad coaching and stuff like that. But I tell young coaches all the time, if you get an opportunity, especially your first job as the coach, a position you never played, it makes you better as a coach. Um, it really humbled me. It made me do my homework because I didn't want to be that guy in a room with a bunch of kids looking at me like, man, this dude doesn't know what he's talking about. So I, to this day, I remember, I, you know, I had to live in the dorm during camp because we actually put all our guys in the dorm for the first week of camp. And I had to be in the dorm with the guys. So we go to practice and do our meetings. And then at night, you know, up till midnight, I was looking at my practice plan thinking, all right, we're going to do this. And then the next thing the guy's going to ask me about this and we're going to do that. You know, I spent a lot of time, probably way more extra time. We're now, you know, being in this profession for so many years, you can go out there and, you know, you know what you need to do and what you need to coach. And, um, but that's also the, the great part of this game is that you can never be satisfied. You got to keep learning, you know, and, and I think that's a um, – so anyways, I went to Waynesburg College, and then um, I got an opportunity from, to go to Waynesburg to uh, University of Wisconsin-Platteville, which I was there as defense coordinator for four years. <clears throat> And, uh, and again, another Hanover connection, that was a big part of that. Um, and then I came back actually after, after Platteville and I went to Westminster college, which is in Pennsylvania for one year and back with actually the same guy who was the head coach at Waynesburg. Um, only spent one season back with him because, um, my family is from Baldwin Wallace college, Baldwin Wallace university and an opportunity opened up and it was, it was an opportunity to be close to my family. And my wife and I, we started our family, you know, that was at that time, we only had one going on two. Now here we are, you know, 10 years ago, we only got five. So <laughs> and that's, that's it. We're, we're done at five. <laughs> but yeah, you kind of touched on a few things like the, you know, continuing to learn and that's in everything in life. doesn't matter what it is. You always need to continue and learn at every profession, every, really anything you do, because it's just going to help advance you in your life. And the more you know, the better off you are. But I also, you also talked about, you know, you know, not knowing a damn thing about D-line, but like that also helps you understand everything in the game. I feel like a little more because I remember from, I mean, it wasn't a big transition, but from safety to corner, when I played that and like, you know, you realize the things, you know, the things that are going on behind you. And then you also realize the things that the corners are doing when you, whenever I went back to safety, like you just pick up, you start to understand the mech, like the mechanical side of things, like how everything pieces together essentially. And it just, it can make you a better coach, a better player, whatever it is. Absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, if you're, if you're the position coach or you're a player and you're playing a new position, you got to learn the nuances, right? And I think that, you know, there's always gonna be lots of questions, but 
a game of football, you play 11 guys on each side of the ball, and those 11 guys better work together or, or, or some bad things are going to happen on either side. And so as you learn those things, you learn the little nuances that make that position unique. And you can open a book, you can watch a video, but until you're actually either playing that position or you're coaching that position, you don't really grasp that aspect. Um, and for me, I was a defensive back coaching D line, 22 years old. And, and some of those guys were less than a year younger than me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and, and then I truly believe that that gave me the opportunity to be hired as a defense coordinator within two years because of the fact that I went from DBs, D line, knew what the linebackers were doing, running the whole scout offense because there was only one GN offense, one GN defense, you know, so you, you again, you being a part of a smaller staff um, around great kids, you know, allowed me to really put a lot of tools in the toolbox. And, um, and I'm, you know, I'm extremely grateful for that opportunity that Jeff Hand gave me. So I wanted to ask what, what would be your favorite coaching memory? Cause like you've been coaching for over a decade now, what would you th- say is your favorite coaching memory? Cause I asked this to my high school coach. I had to ask it to you as well. Favorite coaching memory. Well, you know, I don't know if you have a favorite man. There's so many good ones and, um, and there's some bad ones too, that you always <laughs> remember as well. Um, you know, I think, you know, something that's obviously you look back and you can just, it's very clear in your head. I think it's obviously a good memory. Um, when I got hired, obviously, I, you know, I was excited to having to be a head coach for the first time. Um, being around some great guys, we were fortunate to really have a really cool senior group of guys that um, made that transition very good. Um, we had a quarterback, we had some D linemen, we had a really, and some really good kids that just made it, made me feel welcomed. Um, and I think, our, I mean, our first game actually was at Denison, my, my first game ever being a head coach. And we went to their place and, and we beat them. And um, just that feeling of knowing that all that hard work that we all put in, you could see the results and you could see the excitement in the guy's eyes. And it, it really kicked off a great season um, for those players in 2012. So, you know, that's always been, that's always stuck in my mind, just that first opportunity. Um, but there's been so many great opportunities and a lot of more, a lot of the, you know, the things I remember now is more of individual based on certain guys and just having those different experiences with different players and different coaches and, you know, able to, I mean, the game of football has allowed me to travel across the world too. I mean, we played in Italy, we played in Spain. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, all those things just kind of a create a culmination of, wow, I mean, we've had a really fun run and you know, hopefully we can continue that. Is the Spain trip coming back? Cause I know it got canceled. I believe I, or, yeah, it got canceled because yeah. of everything. Yeah. Is the Spain trip going to make a comeback for OU? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that that's been a staple of what we've tried to provide for our guys and, it's ultimately up to the players. I mean, because you put those trips out there and you see who wants to go. And before it got canceled, I think we had over 80 people signed up. So I think a big group of people you know, wanted to make that trip. But I think all, we also got to make sure that things are relatively easy to travel right now. And they still are not that way. Like this spring, there's no way. But yeah. what we're hoping is maybe next spring um, we can make a run at it and do something. And I still actually, the guy who took us on those, both those trips texts me once a week when how the game goes and, you know, say he's watching the guys play and all that stuff. So, you know, I've stayed in contact with him and um, it's been a fun, you know, hopefully we can provide that again for the guys. Yeah. That's something I, 
unfortunately did not get to experience, but I don't even think I was going to be making that trip, but I've heard from, you know, former players that that is just like an experience of a lifetime to get to go over to another country, play against the team. And then like, just kind of also have a mini vacation in a way. And there's no restrictions. So you can, you can come back in a couple of years and do it. <laughs> Put the pad back on. I'd have to start, I'd have to get myself in shape, like starting today, because I can hey. tell you I'm out of it. <laughs> Over there, a lot of those guys that we play against are out of – they're 30-some years old playing. <laughs> you know, at halftime, they're sitting across the side with a beer in their hand and a cigarette in their mouth. So, you know. But it's fun. It's, it's, it's such an awesome time just to see the guys, you know, see things that they would never see. Um, the game is a very small part of the trip. But, you know, they, they love their football. They have a, they're, they're very passionate about, you know, when we come over there and who we are and all that stuff. So it's cool. So I want to touch a little bit because right now is recruiting season. Kind of take us through a little bit of what recruiting is like for you. Like how, because you have to travel a lot. You, I know you normally, you know, we have our end of the year meeting and then you guys are on the road till what, Christmas, I believe, or Thanksgiving or something along those lines. Yeah, I mean, it's busy. I, I think, again, we're back to some, some normalcy. You know, we did not even know, you know, we're still filling it out. Every high school may be a little different, but. So far, everybody's been welcoming. You know, we finished on Saturday and the whole staff was on the road Monday. So we didn't take a break. Um, you know, it, just the way the season fell. Obviously, Thanksgiving break's coming up soon. So we wanted to get – our view was to get as much travel as possibly could before Thanksgiving. So then after Thanksgiving, we can get some kids on campus um, and, and make sure that they're seeing all the facilities and, and seeing that stuff where other staffs might be just starting to get on the road. So we want to get out in front of it. You know, again, I've got a great staff that works their tails off. Those guys are grinding all over the place. And really this week, our focus is on Ohio in a lot of ways. Um, so we're trying to make sure we, we cover the great state of Ohio as much as we possibly can. And then, you know, we'll come back from Thanksgiving, get some guys on campus, and then we'll kind of get our outlining areas. So we'll head up to Detroit and Indiana and Pennsylvania and all that stuff. And then we keep on spreading our wings where, um, you know, we still got to see about the, the California trips and the, the, you know, the Boston trips and the Florida's and Georgia's and all that stuff. You, you never know how that's going to work out, but <clears throat> the guys have done a really good job. And I think that what has changed a lot in recruiting the last couple of years is just the timeline. You know, we've had a lot of guys already visit when they were juniors um, and, and hardly anybody's waiting until after their senior year to kind of start the process. Most kids have already begun the process. And a lot of that has to do with social media, um, but you know, we've had a really good core group of guys that have come on campus and we feel really good about where we're at. You ultimately don't know that until, you know, the guys are officially signed. Mm -hmm. um, but we'll see. I feel really good about where we're at. And, uh, you know, we got a good nucleus of guys coming back from the team. And I told you guys all the time as players that, you know, when the kids are on campus, you guys are the best recruiters. So, you know, we, we stress that when we're on the road is let's get you on campus and let's meet the team because I think that, you know, that ultimately makes a big deciding factor. Of, of if you want to come to OU or not. Yeah, that's one thing. One piece of advice, anybody who I've ever talked to, and I've said it multiple times on this podcast, like if you're a high school athlete wanting to go play a college sport, go visit these schools, go on an overnight, because that ultimately, because even on your visits, everybody's going to show you the rings. They're going to show you the facilities. And like at the end of the day, until you actually hang out with some of the guys, you're not going to know how you almost fit into that campus. And like, I fit in perfect at Ohio Wesleyan, hence why I went there, but like, not just because they're our rival, but like Wittenberg, I remember being there and just not feeling 
like the same way I did when I felt at Ohio Wesleyan, because like you just get those feelings at every campus of, do I fit here? Is this somewhere I can see myself? So that's the, always the piece of advice I give to any athlete, like go on those visits, like definitely take your visit days and take, spend time, like actually like looking at them and, you know, spending the time there. It's crucial. I mean, it's, it's everything, right? I mean, like today I'm out in schools talking to kids and, you know, in a classroom or in a guidance office or whatever. And, and I tell kids from the first, you know, from right away is that I'm not here to sell you a woo today. I'm, I'm here to try to get you to come visit us. And, you know, once you visit campus and you see the things, you start asking the questions. Um, and it's a two-way street too. Like we want to, we also want to get to know the recruits as much as we possibly can because we sit back after recruits leave for the day. We, you know, we sit down as a staff and go through the kids and talk about our experiences with them and say, Hey, do we think these kids can fit into this team? And we're not always hundred percent, you know, right. But it's really, it's a, it's crucial that the players get to meet them because their perspective is important to us um, because, you know, we only get, we get a very limited time with the guys really off the field. So it's really important for the players to kind of say, Hey, I think this kid would, you know, would be a big part of what we want to do. Yeah. So one of the questions that I wanted to ask is what do you think is the hardest thing about being a coach and how do you handle it? Uh, you know, the hardest things are, you know, those personal things that happen that unfortunately you have to deal with, especially when, you know, we, we've got, we've got a large, group of guys that are, you know, they're not from Ohio. So, you know, they're really, their parents are relying on us to, to help them from afar. You know what I mean? And, and I've had to do some, some hard things where, you know, family members have passed and um, some things have happened from a tragic standpoint within a family, you know, those hands down, that's the hardest thing to do. And, um, you know, but all you can do is make sure that you put your arm around the kid and just be honest with them. And um, because the parents, unfortunately, sometimes can't be there right away. But they, they want somebody that can help and make sure that, you know, they got someone that they can talk to and they can lean on. And, um, you know, and everybody's got their own stuff going on, you know, and I think that good and bad, you know, that's a hard thing. Um, but just be willing to, to understand that you're not just coaching football. You're not just, um, you know, that's a very small percentage of what we actually do with our guys. Um, and hopefully that they trust us and the fact that they're we're kind of their family away from their family. So, yeah, that's one of the things that we talked on my, on the last episode with my high school coach, like, especially like then it's like, you look at, you're not like most of the kids from your high school are not going to go on to play at the college level. And like, even at our, like most of the kids that are at Ohio Wesleyan are not going to go on the NFL. Like it's the end of the road of the sport so you're almost preparing them more for life than you are for like yeah you're preparing for that week of that game that season whatever it is but you're also preparing them for life and like my high school's uh football head coach his thing was always adversity because we've talked it didn't matter if we were up 10 or down 10 every halftime we got the adversity speech about how we're gonna face adversity or we are facing adversity how are you gonna bounce back and all this stuff and it was in, in i like some of the things i look at that from you, from him, like, it's like, they'll hit me later in life. I'm like, that wasn't just football. Like that was life. It's kind of weird how the game of football relates and really sports in general relates so much to life. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's just the, you know, football gives you that nice way of how to deal with that stuff. Because sometimes obviously in life, that stuff can be very serious or football is still just a game. Um, and, and, but it teaches you how to react in a lot of ways or, 
you know, something that, that always stuck with me is, is the guy, the head coach at Wisconsin Platteville, his big thing was, is, are you going to react? Or are you going to respond? And obviously react is the way you shouldn't be doing, you know, it's sudden, it's a knee jerk reaction, you know, in a lot of ways, but if you respond and learn how to kind of always try to work to make sure you have a good response to anything in life, um, usually you, you got a pretty good shot at correcting that adversity. Right. And, you know, again, being in a competitive world like college football, you know, you got to learn how to deal with adversity day mm-hmm. in and day out. And, and I think it's that, you know, the thing that we try to use with you guys is accountability. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think holding yourself accountable, holding each other accountable. Um, you know, if you can develop that skill where somebody else knows, Hey, you know, Cole Nix is an accountable dude. You got a pretty good shot that people are going to hire you and, and people want, want you to be a part of their organization where, the worst thing that can happen is that you're not accountable and people, you know, I can't trust him. Or I can't, I can't do those things. Um, and, and football is a really good vehicle to teach people accountability. It's always crazy sometimes. Like, I don't know, like we had accountability, not like the same way at Ohio Wesleyan, but in my high school, you like, you had to be like, be a ten, on time to practice. If you're not, you're running like so that kind of stuff. But like, to see some of the unstructure that you have kids like it, you never know what where a kid's coming from sometimes and like some of the unstructure that they go through but it like you I've seen it where they they either fold or fight and the, a lot of them most of them I would like to say at least the ones that I can remember like they they fought and like you watch them grow like I remember some of the kids that I graduated with who you know had six strikes or five strikes their freshman year yeah. and then never yeah. got another one the rest of their career but it, yeah. that accountability, like the accountability board we had was something. And also we all knew as players who's like, who, who can we count on on the field? Yeah. I mean, that's everything, right? I mean, that's, you know, in, okay, it's fourth down and you know, who do you want to, who, who are you trusting to, to put the ball in their hand? Who are you trusting to block the guy in front of that guy? Um, and that's why you try to develop and understand accountability. And if a kid, you know, can't be on time or can't give his focus. And and how in a crucial situation can that guy be our guy? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I think through college athletics, I think through, and and like you said, and athletics in general, not just football, I think teaches you that, that, um, you know, it's a team sport first and foremost, you got to be willing to sacrifice. Um, But, you know, ultimately it, it makes you hopefully like when guys graduate, there, it's, it's always ingrained in your brain that you're always on time for everything. You know what I mean? Don't ask my boss because I may have had a, a little spell where I was struggling, but I luckily I will say I have a great boss that worked with me and kept me. But I can tell you right now that I don't, I'm no longer late, but I went through that because it was also one of those like you feel like crap when you like mess up like that or when you're, even if you're like a minute late, you still feel like crap. You hate doing it. And, you know, and no one's more pissed at myself than me. That's where I think they started to understand, like, I'm not, I hate doing this and I'm working on fixing it. But it also, like, it brings me back to my football days where I'm like, I'm so glad I don't have to wake up tomorrow and run, but this still sucks. Well, and that's part of the learned behavior, right? Is that, is that, is that gut feeling that you feel bad? You know, some kids, they don't feel bad because they haven't been taught that yet. They haven't been taught that, well, why do you feel bad? I'm, I'm the one late. Well, yeah, but it's not just about you. You're holding everybody else up too. Mm-hmm. I think when kids learn that lesson, all right, now you're getting somewhere. You're starting to build that accountability a little bit. But tell your boss you need, he needs to hand out more bishop miles than maybe. Or something. <laughs> I told him I, he they, he's heard the story about what we had. He's like, shit, I might start running you in the mornings. You have to go run around the <laughs> shop for three minutes. 
Exactly. And I was like, I, I probably would start showing up on time, but I've been a lot better, I will say. But um, one of the questions I wanted to ask you relating to coaching again is if do you, if you had to give any piece of advice to maybe a young coach or really any coach in general, what would it be? Um, be willing to learn, be willing to open your mind, um, be willing to try different things. I think some kids come in with a, uh, you know, this is how I've done it. This is what I've done. And, you know, my looking back at my first experience, it was very different than what maybe my dad did or what our college did. Um, and I could see myself grow very quickly because that first year, I think I was like, this is what, you know, this is how, what we should be doing. And the second year, I really made a conscious effort to say, all right, as I possibly can. And I'm going to, you know, go in early and work extra hard. And, and I saw when I did those things, um, I just, it helped me grow through the profession a lot faster. So, you know, and don't be satisfied. I, people, you know, think there's like this, uh, this ending to what you're trying to do. And I think the fun part is knowing that there never is an ending. It's just that you continue to keep growing and getting better and um, finding new ways to do different things. But. Yeah, don't be satisfied is something that I love that you just said, because, you know, it doesn't matter what you're doing, what profession, what like your family, your relation, like whatever it is, you can never be satisfied with like good enough. Or even if it is great, like there's always more that can keep going, like you can mm -hmm. always keep going. And like even the job I do now where I put in pools and patios, we're, we're be, we'll be sitting. We just put in one. It's by far the coolest job we have ever done. And we were all like, well, what's next? Like, when are we going to do one even better than this? Like, don't get me wrong. It was three months of misery, but it is one of the coolest things. It's that most satisfying things too, to be done and seeing how great it is. But then we're also like, we know we can do more than this. Like we can make this better. So when are we going to do it? Yeah. I mean, like a really smart guy, what do you say? A body in motion stays in motion. A body at rest stays at rest. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you keep working for something and you see that end result, that's, it makes it that, that feeling that much better. Um, and, and football does that too. You know, football really, you got to have a really big sacrifice from a team effort. And if you were willing to have that, you can have some really successful years. hundred percent. But one of the final questions that I like to ask all of my guests, every single guest gets this now. It, I don't believe I asked it in your episode. I believe I started it at way after you actually, but if you could go back in time and tell your 16 year old self one thing, what would it be? be more coachable. <laughs> um, you know, and, and again, I, I had a unique situation. I grew up in the profession. I, I grew up. So, you know, I think there's a part, part of my life where I felt like I had all the answers and I, I you know, I was going to do this. I was going to do that. And if I was a head coach, I'd do this and I'd do that. And it could be the farthest thing from the truth. Um, and when I've, you know, I don't know if I humbled myself or probably somebody humbled me to be honest with you. Um, it really just made me a better person. Um, so, yeah, I, I think going back to saying, hey, be more coachable and, and be willing to uh, to uh, to really be grateful for all the things that I was able to do just being around this great game. You yeah. Know I mean? And that's something I think we, we all – every single person who's ever played a sport can go back and probably find a time where they realize, like, oh, wait a sec, like where we got our humbling experience because, you know, I remember those and like we all have them. And I, one of the things that I remember real vividly when coach D said to us one time, 
where he was like, you know, if I make the wrong call, as long as I have all 11 guys on the field doing what they have to do, we will live to see another down. And I think that was the point where it really hit me where, yeah, you're not always going to probably agree with your coach. And like, that's everything in life. You're going to have your, you know, where you have your own opinion, but at the same time, if you just do what you have to do, you'll be fine. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just respect that it's a team game, right? Mm -hmm. So making sure that, you know, like coach D told you guys, making sure that if 11 guys are working together, you can do just about anything. Yeah. But this leads us into the best segment of the podcast, which is motivation Monday. Motivation Monday is the point in the episode where I allow the guests to give a little, the Roughnecks listeners a little inspirational bump to set the tone for their week as they listen on Monday morning. So what do you have for Mo- Motivation Monday, Coach Watts? The thing we talk to our guys the most about is just being 1-0. Um, having, looking at every opportunity, every day. Um, it could be every meeting. It could be, you know, every time those guys go to class is, is take that opportunity and look at it as being an opportunity to be 1-0. or you're going to be owing one and, you know, and sometimes you're not going to win those one of those, you know, you're going to be owing one, but just, you know, turn the page next opportunity again, could be one to know. And I think if you live life that way, if you wake up every morning and figure say, Hey, I'm going to try to make this day the best day I could possibly can. Um, you're really going to enjoy what you're doing. And there's going to be tough times. You know, you're going to feel like you're not stacking those one of those up, but um, you got to put that behind you and, um, so we talked to our guys a lot about just, you know, every opportunity to be one to know, not from a record standpoint, but how they approach drills, how they approach any everything it doesn't oh. matter. And I can tell you <clears throat> that that is something that still sticks with me today. And I know because I've had many former players of yours on this podcast for a lot of them were, well, they were all my former teammates. And you look at like, we've, we still talk about that stuff and it's something like you can get, yeah. It's like, once again, it's a, a football related thing in a way, but also it translates to so many different things. And if <clears throat> you have that approach to everything in life, like you said, you're not always going to win, but you're going to have another opportunity or you're, you got to turn the page on that and just move past it. Correct. Absolutely. You do that. You'll be fine. Yes. A hundred percent. But with that, that's a wrap on the 62nd episode of the Roughnecks podcast. And if you are a high school football player and you want to be at the next level, I can assure you, you definitely need to check out Ohio Wesland, hit up coach Watts or find your recruiting coach in your area. Trust me, you will not regret it. I don't. And I want to say thank you again to you, Coach Watts, for everything you have done to help me shape me into who I am today. Everything that you do for your players does not go unnoticed. We definitely do appreciate it still. Um, But this is – we only have one more episode this month, actually, um, and I'm bringing on a couple college buddies, the two of your former players once again. Actually, one of them you see on a daily, which I don't know how you handle that, but Tex and Teddy will be back on the podcast who is rejoining. He's the co- was the original co-host of this podcast. I don't know. Really, I don't even know how many episodes he was really on, but he started this with me. But be- and also Jesse Beachy, who I think has a lot more wise advice to give than uh, Teddy a lot of the times. But with um, with that, you guys know the deal. Life is hard and it's going to knock you down just like a bull does to a bull rider. Don't let the bull of life walk all over you. Get up, grab the bull by the horns, and take control of your life. Roughnecks, out.
Thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode of the Roughnecks Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, then do a couple things for me if you would. Subscribe, rate, and review so you don't miss any of our future episodes. Then share this episode with a friend so that we can continue to spread this podcast and share my guest stories and advice. You guys know the deal, though. Until next time, be sure to grab the bull by the horns and take control of your life. Roughnecks, out. Oh, thank you.